0: Welcome to the hereby Call podcast, where we focus on preparing the called and reminding the returned by sharing life changing experiences from serving the Lord. Sit back and relax because you're listening to the best podcast of this dispensation.
1: And I'm, I mean, I'm ticked. I'm like I could boiling inside. Yeah, I could imagine. And like, what is the flipping point if we go around saying we know the truth? We know the right truth and we can't love everyone, but that really helped me learn about it. Just loving everyone, accepting everyone and that, that is the gospel of Jesus Christ. There is room in the house of our heavenly father for everyone.
2: Welcome back. It's Jordan and Zach. And today we are joined by Leif Chaffee. Leif, how you doing? Doing great. Glad to be here. To give a little intro on Leif, Leif is the brother of Nicole, who uh, was on season one. She had served in the New York Rochester Mission. She was a church history missionary. Uh, so if you haven't listened to that one, go go give it a listen. Um, but Leif and I go back probably, probably known each other four or five years because I moved into the ward, but then been, been closer buddies the last two years. Um... There's the scene, like you, you are the five people you spend the time spend the most time with and you're probably in that fourth or fifth spot. I'm sorry, Jordan. <laughs> Why aren't you a dentist? Are <laughs> you a dentist, right? Leif's a pediatric, pediatric. Oh, okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll throw a little plug in, Chaffee Pediatric Dentistry. No, they do a great this job. This episode is brought to you by... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Leif shaking his head. No, uh, anyways, so Leif's known about the podcast for a long time and uh, we've, it's, it's kind of taken a while to get you in here. And I'm so sorry it's and, taken that long. But I know Leif's a, a, a big fan and wants to, wants to share his experience.
1: Definitely a big fan. This is really cool that you guys do this. I try to tell everyone that I know. Like, you gotta go share it. Go <laughs> share Thanks, it. Man.
2: Yeah. Well, let's get started. So, Leif, what made you want to serve a mission? <laughs> um, lots
1: of things. I I'm the youngest of four, and my older sister served a mission. She just mentioned in Rochester. My oldest brother served uh, in Seattle, Washington. And my next oldest brother served in uh, Canada. And my father was a convert at 19, joined the church when he was 19. It was great to hear all their stories. It was cool. My my brothers and sisters shared a ton with me, a ton. And then also with that, I mean, my dad would talk about the ward missions they used to do. Oh, yeah. Or stake mm-hmm. missions. Yeah. Dude, I don't know if anybody would do that now. Yeah, okay. they they put in like 30 hours work, like yeah. they like had to, that was like, you had to put in that many hours work outside your job and that's hard work. Who cares if you went to a full-time mission, you know, and if he would have, that was back during, you know, the end of Vietnam, whatnot. Who knows if he
2: would have went anyway. So it sounds like you had a lot of family examples that definitely made you interested and curious in, in serving a mission. Absolutely. I had some grandparents that
1: served three missions. And in fact, an awesome part of being in the MTC, and maybe I'll mention again, I got to be in the MTC with my grandparents. Oh, that was wow. Pretty cool.
2: So, yeah, let's let's back up a little bit. Before the MTC, tell us about opening your mission call. What was <laughs> that experience like?
0: Uh, it was. <laughs> yeah, he's got a big smile on you know,
1: it. It was awesome. It was great. Um, I worked for a restoration company um, before the mission and just saved money like everybody is. We went by with uh, the group of buddies that were in between jobs and we checked the mail and there was giant envelope. So I, t- they said, open it. And I said, no, I'm not going to open it among you guys. I'm going to go <laughs> put it under the seat. And they're like, you're not going to open it. And I said, no, I'm not going to open it. It was about two o'clock in the afternoon. So I put it under the seat. It was my car at the time. And so we went back to work, got home about five. And I know some of this, cause I wrote it down. I mean, my I've read a couple examples recently of what happened to remind myself, make sure I don't get this wrong. But <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah, I'm impressed. You got four journals with you. So
1: I do, and I brought that just to remind me what was a big part of this. And if I say nothing else, journal every day. Elders and sisters, journal every day. So I got two years of journals right next to me. Um and it it's awesome to look back at those. It it's great. Uh but anyway, getting back to that. Opening the call. I came home, my mom was home. She said in one of the journals she was sewing or writing on the computer. I don't even, I, I don't remember. And I, but I, uh, I said, well, where can I just do this all alone? Because that, that's what I want to do. So I was in the bathroom. It's <laughs> a good private place. <laughs> I, I was in the bathroom. I opened the mission call in the bathroom. People can call that not right, not sacred, whatever. I don't really care what they have to say. <laughs> it was great for, for me. And I sat there and I opened it up and then it reads, and I just read this yesterday. It'd been a while, but I don't know if they're written the same way. I'm, I'm, I'm sure they're somewhat the same, but in the first or second paragraph, it tells you we're going to call it. So it says Australia, Sydney North. And I'm like, rad, I'm going to Australia. That's pretty cool. And you, know, you feel for me, confirmation that that's, that's good. That's right. Like. I got you. You can go to Australia. You're going to be all right because yeah. I knew right away that's far. Yeah, crud. So and you next, did know where it was. Yeah. On the map, uh, I did, and, and it, Austria, eh? <laughs> <laughs> with another shrimp by the <laughs> um, yeah, That's a thought, great movie. Um, <laughs> the next paragraph is where it tells you. Oh, and you're going to prepare to speak in the Cantonese language. Oh wow! And mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, okay. I'm going to learn Chinese. And I didn't know the difference at the time. I just knew it was Chinese. I'm like, okay, this is double rad. Cool. Let's go. We're doing this. So I probably ought to tell my mom. So I go ahead and I go and, and I have a kind of smirk. I have a big envelope and she's like, what's that? And I'm like, it's a mission call. She said, did you already open it? I'm like, yeah. She's like, oh, you, you did. What? <laughs> and She's like, well, where are you going? And I just smiled. I said, guess. And she's like, guess. Like it's the only place up there that nobody guessed. Only continent. And she's like, Australia. That's so far. I said, yeah, it is. That's where I'm going. And we we're all excited. And then we had some family over that night. I and mean, it's funny, you know. It's immediately, and I, I'm sure people that have had calls similar to any sort of language that maybe I don't know if you want to call it rare, but Immediately when you get called to speak Cantonese, they're like, You should be an FBI agent. You should be a CIA agent. Because they're gonna need oh yeah. Really? Yeah. They're gonna need people to speak Cantonese. I'm like, okay, I mean maybe. <laughs> I still <laughs> probably want, you know, at that point I was pretty sure I wasn't gonna do that, but I kept it open. Um, no, I'm I'm not that at all. but, but no, it was it was it was great. I didn't really want a big fanfare, I didn't want a lot of people over. Um, I'm not so Great with having big groups trying to celebrate me. Um, that's how I wanted to do it. That's how it was important to me. It was open the call alone and me, the Lord, mission call. You know, he's asking me to go. I'm accepting. And that's how, that's how that went.
2: So it sounds like you had a confirmation as you read it, or at least kind of Absolutely. A, a good feeling towards Australia. Absolutely. What were, what were your biggest concerns going to Australia? Um, just that it was far.
1: The homesickness was definitely, call it cliche, still a problem. You know, I don't think it was, I don't think it's not a problem for, I, think, I, I, I believe it's somewhat of a problem for every missionary. Um, definitely was just like, okay, can I do it? Because that intense feeling of being away from home was hard for me. So, yeah, I was like, okay, well, I guess the Lord knows what he's doing because he's putting me as far away as possible. So, it'll be hard <laughs> to just get back on the plane and come back. It's pretty devastating because I'm not flying with anybody. So, I'm already talking about this homesickness. Like, yeah, and you're it, was, <laughs> it was a <laughs> weeks. Right. It was real for me. Um, yeah, I had a lot of buddies in the MTC. I mean, you, you go to Mesa Mountain View and you know a billion. Missionaries, yes. yeah, yeah. I think I flew to the airport with twenty other missionaries, and flew to M- flew to Provo with twenty other missionaries from at least Mesa. Uh-huh. I had best buddies all over the place in the MTC. Um, when I'd struggle, then my grandparents would appear, and it was awesome. <laughs> yeah. But when you get your call, when you get your flight plans, and you're about to leave, and you're excited, and you're you're already best friends with all these guys, you really kind of struggle these twelve weeks. You're going alone. And I couldn't even find an Australian English speaking missionary that I was going with. Like I was flying alone to Australia and I was so. Across the
2: whole other so side of the world. So man, I, I
1: literally was in the airport looking at the giant, it's like a movie through the glass, like the giant 747s looking right at you. And you're like, I'm talking to my, I think one of my best buddies is to talk to And I'm like almost tearing up. I teared up with my family and I'm trying to keep it back for him. And I'm like, I don't know if I can get on this plane. Huh, yeah. Like this is tough. It, but I did. I, I knew as soon as I get on that, I'm not coming back. Like, yeah. And it's not like I didn't have a testimony of it or anything. It just, it
0: was that hard
1: for me. Yeah. It it's hard.
0: it's tough. I remember I had a cousin that left on his mission a little bit before, like a year before me. And he said the hardest part, it's not the MTC.
2: It's getting on and off the plane.
1: Yeah. No, <laughs> I,
0: it was
1: just weird little struggles. I don't.
2: Yeah. Yeah. What advice would you give to someone that's feeling homesickness or like is in that moment where they're going to be looking feeling at intimidated the airplane they're like, I don't know if I can do this. Hey, look, I, like I said, it's, it's probably probably cliche, but
1: I spent so much time crying in the MTC <laughs> on a, on a Thursday in the shower. Just Dude, tears of the shower. holy crud, All man. Uh, it's, uh, yeah. it's just what it is. And I heard someone joke about this either on this podcast or something or somewhere else recently. And I'm like, wow, someone's obviously this must happen more than you think. But just, just that was emotionally where I just cried it out. And then I'd be fine. I said, Hey, I love what I'm doing. This just is hard yeah. for me, but I got along with my companions. I got a I mean, i loved learning learn the language. I didn't feel like I was struggling with that. Um, but that was just mentally hard, but I, but I'd be praying and I, prayer is important. Having a relationship with your heavenly father is important very much. If you don't, you're going to struggle. And if that hasn't been at least built before you go a little bit, then that's really hard. Yeah, so,
2: that, and I think that gives a new, kind of a newer meaning to, you know, crying to the Lord. <laughs> you know, they cry as in prayer, but cry as in like, this is hard and I'm going to struggle, but I I'm to move forward, but it's hard. <laughs> Dude, it, it was like baby tears, man. <laughs> There's no holding back. I, I hey, in Australia, the crocodile.
1: There are crocodile <laughs> tears. There's,
2: yeah, for so, sure. I was reading the, we always send out a questionnaire and life had filled it out. And you had, you said that there was like a, a, like a mission change or something for you when you're in the airport. Did I, did I read that wrong or? Um, kind of a, an assignment change is yeah. that what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: So get on the plane, go to see, that's where the Australians coming out of me right there. Um, you get on the plane and you would go and we get picked up by uh president, sister Walker. And it's about six in the morning when I arrive. I mean, I'm tired. I don't know. I didn't sleep at all on this. I didn't sleep a ton. Yeah. And it's a pretty long flight and we're in the car. I'm just, you know, tired. And okay, nobody's here, still alone, quiet, trying to kind of rest. And we're driving and President Walker turns to me. He says, your first area is in the North Shore. Great area. You can be right by the Opera House. I'm like, great. And by the way, you're on the way to the Opera House. The very first thing you do is you go to the Opera House, touch it, take a picture. It's like, that's done. <laughs> pretty, pretty smart guy. Yeah. Like, just let's get this out of the way. That, that Instead is A missionary's of funny. missionaries <laughs> going and trying to do it. Because it was in the South Mission. Oh, and okay. you have, yeah. have to, you know, you have to disobey. Take just away obey. that temptation in the rest of the times. Right. Well, and I got... Yeah. i have some fun experiences going across that, but, um, that's fun. Not on purpose. So he's, I'm like, okay, cool. He's like, you're going to love your, you're going to love your companion. Elder Fung, he's the best. And really my trainer, and I don't care if this is embarrassing. He was like the best friend to my mission present. It just, he was, he's a great elder and he gained his trust and he loved him. And he just always talked highly of him. And they still have a fantastic relationship. Um, probably part of the reason I still have a fantastic relationship with him. But he, he was, he's like, he speaks uh, speak Cantonese from Hong Kong. And he said, by the way, you're not gonna be speaking Cantonese because all the missionaries before you were disobedient in the Asian program. Huh. And it was like a brief pause. And he says, are you mad at me? <laughs> And I'm like, no, sir. I was just at 12 weeks <laughs> of my life. <laughs> and so, you know, this was even something that my wife said, you know, you need to share that. I'm like, ah, I, I think I will. Looking back at the time, it wasn't like groundbreaking important to me other than just like you just obey and you keep going. Like, what are you going to have? Like get mad at your mission present right now. And a lot of missionaries you learn later, they do. They, they pick something to be ticked off about yeah. for the whole mission whether it was an assignment, a leadership assignment, they moved me. You said I was, you called me out and said I was disobedient about something. Like they picked something to be mad about. And I mean, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't think twice. And this was really years later after the mission. I'm like, you know, I could have really screwed things up if I was ticked off about that. And I worked yeah. really hard, woke up really early and you're feeling like you're doing good. Doing all the sacrifice you're supposed to be doing. But it wasn't about that. You know, it wasn't. Yeah. as I, I wrote the mission, I, I wrote my mission president about this a little while ago. And I think it was right when I was about to do this podcast the first time, it didn't work out. And he wrote back and it's really neat what he wrote. Cause it was like his thoughts on what was going on, but really he said something at the end that said, you know, the, the Lord, the Lord gives the call, the Lord make, gives the call, but the, the, the apostles, the general authorities, you know, they, they change, they make, they change assignments, you know, they give the assignments and assignments change and not to be irritated about that. And I I never looked at it any other way anyway, you know, you're the, you're the boss, you're the man. If you say that's what I'm supposed to do. Sweet. And so it just really like obedience is important. Even the simple things It kind of probably made all the difference. I probably could have been that ticked off missionary, the whole mission. Um, I know there's a lot of missionaries currently serving through this COVID pandemic. Yeah. And they've been assigned here and there. I know I got nephews going back now yeah. to come home, then go yeah. back out. And it's so cool because it does mean a ton. I'm not trying to take that away from them. Like, that's really neat. It's a lot of sacrifice you really want to, but it's still, you know, it's the Lord's mission, it's not yours. And you'll go and do whatever He asks. <laughs> So tell us about your first day with Elder Fung. (laughs) Um, You know, really it was just a, it was a blur of a day. Uh, The night I totally remember we were walking in downtown. He said, oh, we're going to go have a a dinner at these guys' house. I'm like, okay. And we walk in and it's a couple of Korean guys in the garage with a giant bowl. The bowl was, you know, a quarter of this table, third of this table of just noodles. Mm -hmm. And here's some sticks, go at it. Just start eating, which was a bigger deal for me a germaphobe. And so <laughs> you know, the, the, I'm like, where are we? Like and, Life was wearing masks during the coronavirus or before the coronavirus. Not going to lie. It was super cool. Everybody's washing their hands more. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So, you know, I knew really quick, we're here to teach the world, which a lot of guys feel like, right. A lot of sisters and others feel like, you know what? I was called to Montana, but I am sharing the gospel with so many people from around the world and so many different religions and belief systems, believe in God, don't believe in God. That's what Australia was. So many people, different religion. I loved it. It was very cool.
0: So, or go ahead. Well, I was going to say, when we talk about it uh, quite a bit, when we always, how is the culture receptive to the teachings of the LDS missionaries? Mm-hmm. And then when you talk about how there's so many different churches and, and stuff like that in Australia. So how was it when you actually got into starting and in, in, to teach lessons, were they pretty receptive about the restoration of the gospel or were they kind of more so like, oh yeah, that's true, but you know, it kind of just went over their head, I guess. I don't think it went over their
1: head, but this was not known as like a baptizing mission by any means. If I remember one number right, and I'm pretty sure this is accurate, it was at least the first year we were there was there were 190 baptisms in the whole mission. And but it was like a ninety percent retention rate, which is what was, yeah. the oh, pride yeah, was in, which was which was <laughs> awesome. But no, it wasn't anywhere that people were just running to the font and saying, <laughs> I'm saved, I'm saved. It was wasn't like that at all. I I never stepped foot in the font in the mission. Um i I we got to be part of some baptisms. Uh but really just they'd talk to you. Australians would talk to you. You know, it was very just like people say, No worries a lot now. Look,
0: that came from came from Australia. <laughs> yeah.
1: I'm sure Britain says it comes from them, but if you're Australian, you don't
0: care. So they were all pretty <laughs> open to the conversation, sure, of religion, they to you. but when it came down to, you know, like actionables and re- no, yeah, no, they that's didn't. when they kind of were like,
1: no, yeah. we, we were still allowed to knock doors there. In fact, I talked with a old mission, uh, ward mission leader that I'm really good friends with still. And he says, they're not even allowed to track anymore, which I'm like, well, that's fantastic. <laughs> so why do you say <laughs> that? Um, because I'm sure that, cause there's better ways to do it. Don't get me wrong at the time. I don't think there's any other way we could have done anything. Yeah, the yeah, time yeah. now, for sure. Reading the other day, it in the journal, I said, "Man, I just love tracting. I just I just feel the spirit when I'm tracting. <laughs> I'm like, man, I was crazy at the time. <laughs> 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 I don't
0: know
1: what it was. Yeah. And and at the time you do, you, but looking back, when you're not have that mantle as a missionary, like what was I thinking? Yeah. Like what was I doing, and how did I do that? But you did, and you tracted a lot. I mean, a ton. Out there long, long time. Yeah. I'm looking at some of the pictures, you're just like, like red, like yeah. red pink. Like, like pink. Yeah. Like, just like, how did y'all, and all the awesome missionary want. tans. Oh yeah. Tons. I tell people, you know, what was the worst thing that ever happened from someone at the door? Cause you're, you're knocking on thousands of doors. Uh-huh. It really, I, I never got jumped. I had plenty of Rottweilers. I don't know what it is about Australian Rottweilers, but <laughs> Rottweilers. and actually I learned to really not fear Rottweilers. Um, tons of boxers. Dogs in uh, Australia. But one lady, and I can see it, walked in the door and it was a hot day, probably in December, or your southern hemisphere, it's all switched around. And we're like, hey, can we have a drink of water? And she's like, no, I'm like, please. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> yeah. Really? And it just, the humanity or the lack thereof just shocked me. Like, what? I don't. She just had no Excuse love man. for <laughs> any of these young men and what she thought we were doing, yeah. but just total water denial. And this isn't nobody, no one I know or have ever met except that lady would deny <laughs> someone water at that very
2: moment, but whatever
1: we still, you know.
2: So you, you said that, you know, there's a lot of Rottweilers and, and boxers. Did you have any other special run-ins with animals or that weren't?
1: dogs um there's these little things called blue blue tongue lizards hope i'm getting that i mean that's what we call them thought that's what they're called and they look like little fat snakes yeah skink um I, maybe that's what they are I, yeah blue tongue skink and they were they my were, cousin has one. Those are like, <laughs> really, really <laughs> yeah they're pretty cool and you could they were just everywhere and they're about i want to say a foot but like a fat snake i mean total snake head like <laughs> Have you, you know what he's talking Look about? Look it up. Yeah, oh, yeah. No, yeah.
2: Like when, when people talk about like evolution and how like a it snake... It totally looks like... like, like an, it, the, it, it's like in it's the, the accidentally grew legs. Yeah. Yeah. It looks
1: like a fat snake with legs and a really cool looking blue tongue. Big, thick blue tongue. Oh, they have the blue tongue. Oh, no, they literally like, they, they have a blue tongue. I had really awesome pictures, but apparently I got them out and took all the awesome pictures and sent them to somebody for yeah, a family album, and I don't know where they're at now. So all the really cool pictures, I couldn't find them. So, if I get them, I can send them, but...
2: Well, it's okay. We'll upload. that. It. That's, that's it. That's pretty cool looking. It's a blue yeah. tongue.
1: And they were everywhere. And so, we just... It was fun to see those and pick them up. You little, like, frilled neck lizards you see on yeah. um, rescues yeah, down deer under. Deer. <laughs> um, I forgot what they were called. Dragon something. Uh-huh. I don't I didn't care, but it was cool. I mean, it was fun to see so much life. But that it's... cool. It's green. I mean, it's... Um, it was a fun place to go and walk little trails in the bush or you'd go with someone that knew the area and they'd take you on a trail or whatnot. And it, was, it was fun. It was pretty. It was a good place.
2: So who were some of the people that you were able to teach that you think of still to this day? You had mentioned Jenny Lou. Was that was she in your first
1: area? Or? Yeah, that was first area in Greenwich Chapel. Um, one of the first chapels there in Sydney. Yeah, as, as far as that first area though, someone that I think about a lot that uh, this individual named... Uh, Robert, we were actually. This is North Sydney. It's called the. Let's see what's the, the Greenwood Greenwood Flats. I won't get that right, but it's right by North Sydney uh, kind of the train station. And it's a rundown place. I mean, this is probably government housing style. And in North Sydney, there weren't a lot of doors. A lot of times, you're buzzing, but you were allowed to go in the building and still buzz, mm-hmm. and. It was hard to get a hold of anyone, but this person called us and wanted to have a copy of the Book of Mormon. Saw it on TV, wants a copy. Nice. And so we later found out that this building is like where they film part of the Matrix, which at the time, culturally, give you some context. This is, the Matrix was like all the funny videos and even in the MTC, man, this is what people were doing on the walls.
0: Oh
2: um, yeah, with the ironing boards
1: Yes, did you do that? Wait, what's going on? No, iron-
2: I've seen. Oh that. yeah, like the falling down, right, right, walking game. up the walls, and yeah, so they yeah, could make yeah, it yeah. look
1: like they were walking up the walls because they had these trench coats hanging yeah. down, and then hide it
2: again. <laughs> like all these little or unpacking. Oh, some this was totally.
1: Little... So it was really cool that oh, this is where they filmed part of the Matrix, and it was it was a creepy looking place. Um, but Robert uh, Robert was unique, um, and trying to be very respectful here. To Robert Robert was also went by Karen, and it was a little bit of both. And depending on the day, um, kind of re- recommended that you well, call me Karen today. Call me and Robert. attracted
2: into this game. Right? No, this was a he asked for the asked for the Book right, Mormon. Okay, okay,
1: so we went and uh, you know everybody just wants to be reminded that they're a child of God, and this is someone obviously that I can only imagine struggled and and admittedly struggled with just identity, right? Yeah, and want to be know that they were a child of God. And here we are, 19 year old young men. And I think without the mantle and the calling, who knows if you would have been mocking or or, or making jokes or would have ever approached this new human being. And yet here is a son of God that just wants to know, am I okay? Because I feel like I've made a lot of silly mistakes and which a lot of people in the mission are, right? They're looking for you to say, you're okay. Even though I'm not here, I, I can't, yeah, I'm 19. I can't help you forgive, <laughs> repent. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, But I can definitely let you know your, your Heavenly Father loves you and you're a child of God. And look, was very receptive to the gospel. It was really cool. It was very humbling. It was very, um, it let me know, even for myself, like, yeah, this, this guy needs to know that he can be accepted. But as all of us live in this world that we judge so harshly, someone that looks differently, Dresses differently, and this individual did. I mean, it was it would have probably scared some people to be in Robert's presence. I, I'm not trying to be use hyperbole there. Like it, it was awkward. It was it was a little intense. But the more and more you know, we're talking. We we love him. This is great. We invite him to come to church, and he comes to church. So I, I, I this is a big deal because this person forever outwardly looks a little different than everybody else. So Robert, but, you know, tried or did consider himself caring at sometimes had some longer hair, had some, had some, had some physical features that were definitely changed permanently, but still trying to be accepted as whatever he could relate to the most and what people would accept him as. Mm-hmm. He goes to church and it's great. Nobody sits by him I mean, we sit next to him. Well, it's a little ward, but Nobody sits by him and the meeting's over and we get up and nobody comes and says, hello. Um, Any Bishop McReynolds did, but that was it. And I'm, I mean, I'm ticked. I'm like boiling inside. Yeah, I could imagine. And like, what is the flipping point if we go around saying we know the truth, we know the right truth and we can't love everyone. And so we get we get invited to PC back then. I don't know if you guys went PC. Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, I yeah. remember being meetings. like, I don't want to go to PEC anymore. You just you you get to you get to hear some responsible information that sometimes you didn't want to hear. Mm-hmm. Um but we got to go and it was good because we got to say, hey, we can't have that happen again. Like this is ridiculous. This is a Robert came, he's put himself out there, he already is insecure about how. He looks how people will judge him, and this is—I mean, this is—I mean, how many years ago now? Twenty years ago, people are way more accepting now, but still struggle. Yeah, yeah still yeah. we still struggle. But then, man, it was still weird, and so we said, well, "You're going to come back." He came back again, and and that to me, and will always be a testimony to me that the courage of someone to know, like I knew this was right, like I knew what you guys were telling me was true. Mm-hmm. Let's go back. And it was cool because people welcomed him. People shook his hand. So I mean, like physical touch, right? Which, you know, in this year seems even, it, it's important. Yeah. yeah. And these are people that you, people may not want to shake this guy's hand, but they did. And they, and they accepted him. The sad part of this, and I'm not trying to build up as if this is like some, he comes and joins a church. Let's... He did not that I know of at the time, but we continue to teach him the gospel and he knows it's true, but like you you've probably encountered as missionaries before people don't believe they're, they, they kind of go into that. I'm not good enough.
2: Mm-hmm. It's
1: like, Oh my gosh, I'm not good enough. man. We're all not good enough. That's what our savior Jesus Christ is for. And it just breaks my heart that We, I I hope that that initial fellowship was not a reminder to him like, well, I know that the second time they liked me, but I know he was totally just didn't feel like he could forgive. He didn't feel like he could be in the presence of God, Hmm. which is completely the opposite of what we're trying to share is that yes, everyone can be in the presence of their heavenly father. In fact, he wants us all to be in his presence and it's not hard, but you know the, this individual couldn't couldn't get over the fact that he he thought he was too different to be with everybody else uh but that really helped me learn about it. just loving everyone accepting everyone and that that is the gospel of jesus christ there's room in the house of our heavenly father for everybody and i i, I think about that all the time if there's a person I'll, I'll say this now. If there's a, there's a person I want to, that, that I plan on embracing in the hereafter, it is, it is Robert. I, I want to see Robert. I want to see how it went. Um, And, and guys, this was other than being an impactful first person you're teaching. It's not like it's any different than some of the people you taught, but that is someone that I want to know, Hey, how did it end up? Mm-hmm. What's, what's your story? Cause you're back here, huh? Yeah. So, uh, that was a, that was a big part of that first area for
2: sure. That's awesome. That's beautiful. Cause as a missionary, you get to see people like you were saying, as a 19 year old, you might've saw them differently, but when you were, when you have that mantle, when you're set apart as a representative of Jesus Christ, sometimes you get a little glimpse of, of how heavenly father sees them. And it sounds like you could see the love that this oh, is for sure
1: God. Oh, for sure. I don't think you can be a good missionary. Good missionary. I don't. I don't think you can serve the Lord's mission well and not start seeing all His children as He sees them, and you lose that too, right? Come home and you, you just start. I don't know. You're, you're. I don't know what changes, but you you go back to still judging, and not seeing them how Heavenly Father sees them. I mean, you have to almost relearn that
2: or, or learn it in a different get, way. I think that's why you have to get married and have kids because then you're like, oh, okay, sure. like, I love my kid and someone else feels like about this way for all of us, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. You don't have to do it like that, but that's <laughs>
1: <working>. <laughs> No, no but but you know, it definitely makes but, it more real. Yeah. You, absolutely. Becoming a dad
2: real makes you realize how much your Heavenly Father
1: loves you. I mean, real quick.
2: Yeah. Um, Another thing that you had written down here as something you want to talk about was your prayer through the night or to have an enus like experience. Yes.
1: Um, we were challenged as a, <laughs> I don't know. Do we have, do we have time? I'm not. Time. Time. Yeah. Um, we had some intense zone conferences. <laughs> At least I felt like we did. Walker. Yeah, man. I'm talking like he kept a light on just the pulpit. He'll probably sit that no, way. Didn't <laughs> I said, this is how I saw it. <laughs> yeah. It was like the lights were off and just like the lights over <laughs> the pulpit <spotlight>. were on <laughs> and he, he at one point and I think this, you know I kind of had themes in some of his own conferences like you know Mr. President talking about this for a couple months mm-hmm. or and it was and, and I'm not taking the sacredness away from this at all but to a to a 19 20 year old boy at the time um, he looks at me I'm like I know he's going to call on me and he'd call you out like right away he just that was the style and he, he said Elder Chaffee have you seen God? <laughs> I like burst the tears. <laughs> okay. I'm like, what the fuck? What? <laughs> what? Why, and,
0: what? <laughs> and, and I'm like, what, what do? do you want from <laughs> me? And, and I think
1: I wasn't even like, no nope. third or second area. I mean, like I'm in the mission now. Yeah. You're young. <laughs> yeah. Like, what the heck, man? <laughs> like, um, I think I had to go and like bear a testimony at that point too. Like, I, no, <laughs> I think I even gave like an audible, like, no. <laughs> um, but he continued this. And I don't remember the time frame to that, but it was still related that um, forgiveness of your sins. There was a time when he was at the, he was sharing. And he, he shared that, you know, brother, and everyone in this room, you're forgiven, you're forgiven. Stop, let it go. Whatever it is, you're forgiven. And I thought that was pretty cool. Still not necessarily how repentance works, but he was as a spiritual leader trying to help, you know, these group of missionaries Maybe that he has some struggle. Absolutely, onto something. You know, he's our file leader and he can receive revelation for these groups and, and he can say, Hey, yeah, listen, you know, apparently some of you aren't getting it. Like you're, you're okay. Um, but part of that was him saying well, you need to have an Enos-like experience if you haven't had this, you know, Enos in the Book of Mormon is a prophet that struggled with the spirit. Uh his dad was awesome. Uh and he was a prophet, and he was good, and I'm sure Enos felt really insecure and he wondered, wow, is this all true? I remember what my dad said, let's I'm in the middle of the woods hunting and he drops his knees and he wrestles with the with the spirit and and asks for forgiveness and he gets forgiveness and here's the word here's the the voice of the Lord and and in the end he's he, he talks about that he kind of struggled with this and kind of prayed through the night, like, and so he wanted us to have this experience. And he said, he says, if you do it, you'll only you'll only need to do if you do it right, you only need to do it once. <laughs> I love that. And I'll say right now, I don't know if I did it right, so apparently maybe I didn't, but I did it right enough, you know, where it was, I did, I I stayed up. He, he gave us permission to stay up all night, and he said, you can write in journal, you can be on your physical knees. Sometimes you can, you can read the enzyme. I mean, you can keep it, mm-hmm. keep it focused, you know, elders, sisters. And I remember, and, and I have, I have information written in my, in the journal about it, but, um, no, I did not see, I did not see God, but what I did get a further confirmation of is that I am, I am a son of God. He's aware of me. I, he knows I'm here for a purpose. I know I'm here for a purpose. I it built my relationship with my Savior, and thus my heavenly Father. I, I know that through the atonement, that is, it doesn't matter what happens, I can return to live with my heavenly Father, and prayer is a special part in my life because of that. Kind of was before, and it was further kind of cemented there on the mission. And I, I you can't explain what's an Enos-like experience. You, you got to go and do that for yourself. And it's probably going to be different for everybody. I know we have cultural ideas of what that's supposed to mean, but that would be making it kind of mocked and not sacred, but it's a, it's a good, ex- it, it was awesome to pray through the night. And, and uh, yeah, you were a little tired the next day, but I remember being just fine, was just fine. But it was, uh, you want to get close to the Lord, you're, he, he respects the law of sacrifice. You know, it's, it's real. So
2: anyway, if that's, a, helps answer that question. Yeah. That's a, sounds, sounds like your mission president was a very. He's intense, awesome. Interesting. He's awesome. But good leader. Oh,
1: he's, You said you still right. keep in touch with him today. Yeah. He's pretty open. He lives in Centerville, Utah. So it was, you know, billions of mission presidents live in Utah. But, <laughs> uh, I now have a sister-in-law who lives in Centerville, and like, yes, another oh. reason to get to Centerville. <laughs> but yeah, it's it. He he's great and very straightforward, which is fantastic. That's awesome. No, it was it was it was a, it was an awesome experience. Um, there's a. Oh, I, I, I was going to share something. I don't know if you had a que- another question, but I was going to share something else about a companionship thing. If it helps anybody yeah, as a missionary, yeah. Um, so I remember being, when I trained, uh, I picked up the missionary and I actually just sent him a text the other day and we're trying to reconnect, but keep, keep his name private, but he was awesome. But at the time, um, this individual was at least struggling with staying awake during, during uh, study time, <laughs> yeah. like to the point where <laughs> I'm like, what the heck, man, every day and I'm, I, I'm pulling tough guy mode. I'm like, forget it, man. I'm, I'm going to chuck a pillow at him. Like every start chucking pillow at him, just wake him up every day. And he just, that's how it was. And just kind of down and hard to be bold at the doors. And, and my point being that I want to share this is that I was so hard on this guy. I mean, I was, I was so tough guy hard. Like there's no we, we had good times. Okay. We, we did and we could keep the spirit, but we could have been, I, I could have made it better mm-hmm. by being kinder a to this. More tactful. Abs- and Tactful change. is a great way. Jordan's known me long enough. I could have been more tactful in how I, I mean, yeah, I, I, we'll say kinder. There were times this individual was, was in tears at lunchtime. As soon as we entered, I'm packing my, I'm going home. Oh, going really? home now I've heard stories of other missionaries doing this and I'm sure it's happened plenty but he was going home and I would say I mean really no sense. I'm like all right well we got an hour and then we got to get back to work so <laughs> he's like well I'm calling mission <laughs> president I'm like if you want me to call I'll call him right now oh, so you God. can go home like that's cool I mean it was just kind of like dude what what am I like looking back I'm like dude you could have made that so much better on him man um, like three different times this guy did this and the same answer for me like all right like I'm, we got a work to do after this, so <laughs> you can pack so your you're bags. Your pity party? You <laughs> get, no, really. <laughs> I, Eat your I dessert. <laughs> I treat. I treated him. There wasn't a lot of sympathy there, and it was it was very it was very hardcore. And if I could, and I mean we've talked about it a little bit before. I think we all have regrets, for our, sure. Our, our but I wanted know, to better. share. I wanted to share like what oh, would well, you've done it differently? Thing because you hear so many yeah. like this is amazing to me, and yeah. there are a lot of those. A lot of those but, and some of them are special to you that like, just don't mean much to other people. Sometimes the mistakes like, yeah relate to that. Yeah. I could, if you can just, gosh, man, be, be sympathetic to your companion, like be their best friend, try by any means. Like maybe this should go without saying to most people. Um, I still felt like I got along with, of my companions, I we got to re-meet in the mission later. Like, he, he was like, oh, man, I'm sorry. I was just, sorry I was, you know, he tried to apologize. I'm like, dude, you don't need to apologize. I mean, I need to apologize. Dude, <laughs> I was a jerk. Yeah. Like, that would, it was just mean. It just wasn't, like, it could have been so better. Think, good, good on you for staying out here. Yeah. You know, they, yeah. the Australian's like, good on you, mate. And you're like, good on you. you. You could do this.
0: Yeah, I think it's, it's interesting how much, like, when you, when you take a step back you're still like a 19 year old kid right? yeah you are <laughs> i think and now about they're that 18 right yeah. and i think about that all the time you know s- similar situations where i'm like oh i totally could have handled that a lot better but i was like i was 19 years old right, right? uh it's uh, the mission accelerates that uh awareness that much faster right i remember like again towards the end of my mission even looking back to things that I had said and done in the beginning of my mission being like, same thing, what the heck? But I was so aware of it by the end of that, that it was, you know, same thing. I I learned how to handle those situations differently. Right. Sure. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I think a lot of people might not, one of the Christ lights attributes you still study in the, uh, gospel. Yeah. I preach as patience. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh my goodness. <laughs> one of those things we're still learning. Is right. That, oh yeah. It is throughout my life. Wait oh. till you, you think your mission companions mm-hmm. hard. Wait till you have, yeah, have kids. Kids. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Totally agree. Like, and Jordan's kids like climbing in the pantry and all this stuff. Right. You know, at least you didn't have a mission companion to do that, but oh still God. it's like, it's one of those things that's like, it's honestly, that's why it's there for you to study. It's cause it's like nobody you're never, at least I don't know maybe Russell M. Nelson, I'm sure gets impatient sometimes, but like, it's one of those like forever principles. Right. And I think a lot of times when you get in these tough situations with, with elders where you might not understand where they're coming from or why dude, why is this kid crying at lunch? Right. Like this is a good lunch. Oh, you want to go home? All right. You know, he's crying because the food's so beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But in in reality, like boil it all down. It's like patience opens a lot of doors for understanding. Right. And I remember just, I think at the core of all of what I'm saying is there's those Christ-like attributes where you, just like how you looked at Robert with those eyes, you Absolutely. can look at your companions with those eyes and be like, okay, this kid's going through something how can I help him? Cause it's going to happen. Oh yeah. I mean, sure. and if it doesn't happen, what was it? What was it said? If it, if you went through your mission and you never oh, had an experience like that, had the you, were that experience you were that experience for Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
2: you're the one who was like, I'm going to go home. <laughs> that's, that's, that's funny. But as, as we're talking, I think the, something that's coming to me is like the mission. I don't think it matters necessarily where you serve as how you serve, but wherever you serve or how you serve, the mission was designed for you to learn something and Absolutely. change as a person. And it's incredible that i went to mississippi and had that and you went to australia and you had some these experiences that changed you fundamentally you learned how to pray the, like not how to pray but how to really you know develop that prayer is absolutely you know the sacred vehicle between you and your heavenly father and you and you know understanding that we're all children of god and and you know this this companion understanding like we've we got to be patient what are some other kind of lifelong experiences or principles that you learned on your mission
1: just learn how to know you're okay with the Lord, learning to know that through revelation, the Lord says, you're all right. Like we're, we all need constant reassurance. I, I call it as mortals that we're okay with the Lord. Like we're all right. And if you don't know, that's the spirit that's company saying, yes, maybe the spirit says dude to me, but dude, you're okay. You're fine that's good enough for me. That's good enough. Then you're, then what else do you need? You know, whatever, whatever, what other relationship do you really need to succeed at? Although everyone, you know, I'm married, obviously my, my relationship with my wife here is, you know, the utmost important here. And, but if all relationships fail, you need that relationship with your heavenly father, your savior, Jesus Christ to know you're fine. And I got that on the mission.
2: What advice would you give to missionaries to, to enjoy the work? Because you were knocking <laughs> doors for hours on end. Well,
1: I'll tell you right away, stop, stop taking yourself so seriously. I could have taken myself a lot less seriously as a missionary. And I was an obedient missionary. I All that I just said still worked for me for what I did. We're 19. You're 18 now. Just don't don't... Have fun, enjoy it. You're, you're meant to be you and you're meant to, uh, you're meant to do the the work of the Lord and, and not to, you're not, you're not God. Yeah. You're not God. You're not the solution. Right. Uh, I'll give it three things that my siblings gave us, gave me when I was just barely arrived in Australia and they, my older sister said, you need to look for firsts all the time. Like just first, the first time you did this, first time you saw this, the first time you experienced, something different, whether it was a person, uh, you know, individual and experience, just look for those things. My next, my oldest brother said, you need to allow yourself to change. Now it wasn't mean change your, who you are core, but allow yourself to become your best self. Like don't fight it, you know, like going to the mission president. And I could have said, what do you mean? I'm not speaking Cantonese. I mean, that's about allow yourself to change. Like it's yeah. okay. Be flexible. Um, and then my, my, uh, my brother Lee said, Hey, you're going to have dark thoughts. You're going to have disappointing, depressing thoughts. Like you got to push those out of your way. That's the adversary. That's, uh, that's Satan just trying to get in your mind. Like push them out. Don't, you, you can't entertain those. Yeah. And that's pretty universal, I'd say for for anybody. And I still follow those things. And yeah, you know, it's like yeah. those, maybe the one thing all my siblings got right. And I, it's, uh, I think it's good advice for that is any, awesome. any 18, 19 year old.
2: Well, wrapping up your, your sister said, you know, think about the first things. Tell us about on the opposite end, tell us about the last day of your mission. Why was that special to you?
1: Last day of the mission. Um, this, I did read the other day cause it's really easy to find that one. Um, I spent, I think it was a preparation day, which I guess they all are if you're about to go home, but I was I was cutting out a plan of salvation chart. I like to draw. I like art. So it was really easy. I, I loved making all the little circles of here's earth, here's spirit world, here's celestial kingdom, all that good stuff. And going and laminating them, cutting them out. And, and then we had it all set up that night and that it was this family, uh, family from South Africa in Newcastle, Australia. And we had like the whole ward council there. It was a bishop. It was a relief Society presidents, young women's president, young men's president. and And they all taught a part, of the God, a part of the plan of salvation to this family we we didn't even I think we opened it but the rest they shared it and about halfway through it was just knock at the door and I knew I'd have to leave halfway through and like it's, it's done like there's no pictures I just they sent me a picture later of all that I'm kind of like hey thanks Elder mm-hmm. but I was like this is how should like this is and we go and we go out and it's, it's not not my mission it's the Lord's mission and it was how it should be. Plan of salvation to a family being taught, and and it was simple and it was like sweet. Feel like you feel like I did all I could. It was it was a good night, simple night, powerful. Like it all kind came culminated. together. Yeah. Sure,
2: that's awesome. Well, Dave, thanks again for for coming on and sharing. Hey, your thank experiences. you very much. I know it's been a, a while. Again, our schedules aligned, so I appreciate your patience. Hey,
1: I love what you guys are doing. This is thank you. fantastic. And I think it's going to get you're going to have more and more people sharing their experiences and testimonies.
2: Yeah. Well, would you mind, uh, you know, kind of ending it with, uh, sharing a little testimony. Sure. And if you want to do Cantonese, <laughs> I, I didn't know. I, I know in life for a long time, I didn't know that. Um, it doesn't have to be Cantonese.
1: No, I mean, I I can, I can say a couple things in Cantonese, uh, and, and it's not only a mockery if I can bring my testimony in it. Uh, Well, I'll, I'll share it. I'll, I'll, I'll do. I'll share a little in Cantonese, and then I'll, I'll okay. share my test twenty. No diro mawun king hai san ge si ma hai san uh san no de gatting hai pe no failang gaming uh, moon that's about all I can say there and I, I promise I'll hear that from my trainer too been, <laughs>
2: that was pretty rough was 12 folks. weeks but it's been 20 years so <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty
1: sure uh Dixon right now is uh saying that's a weak performance he used to say that oh that's a very weak performance <laughs> anyone that knows him that's what he sounded like Always so been. I don't care what he says about that one um no I, I will share my testimony though i I do know that we have a savior, Jesus Christ, and he, he is my friend and it's only through our savior, Jesus Christ, that we get to return to live with our heavenly father. I know that we have a prophet on the earth today that leads and guides us and we need that leadership and guidance. I know through the Holy Ghost, we can know truth. We can know who we are. I know I'm a son of God. I know you guys are sons of God. I know we're sons and daughters of God on this earth. We're a giant family. We just got to be reminded of it. I know that the Book of Mormon is the word of God. I know that Joseph Smith is a prophet of God. And I do want to share with everybody. I know that through prayer, we can absolutely build our relationship with our, our Savior, Jesus Christ, with our Heavenly Father. I know that the studying the scriptures, we can learn how to receive revelation and know the will of the Lord. And I know on our knees, we can ask questions openly and receive answers through the spirit. And I say that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Life. thanks again.
0: Thank you.